The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Lowcountry talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, Lowcountry. Happy holidays. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 94.3 WSC. I couldn't get that out, Leslie. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox. I'm so excited for Christmas. It's I the just eggnog, can't right? Get it. I just can't get it right here did this morning. Did we eggnog so. already this morning? We, well, we did, actually, because of a special reason. This is uh, uh, Saturday morning, December 23rd. We wake up really early, mm-hmm. and we take, uh, believe it or not, for breakfast, and I'm talking like really early, uh, cake to my daughter because Annabelle turns 11 today. So happy wow. birthday, sweetie. Happy birthday. See, I have cake and eggnog, and I'm like ready to roll. <laughs> this is crazy. Jacked I'm jacked up. up. So this is a fun <laughs> show. Right. <laughs> Tell us what you got, Leslie. Uh, well, thank you so much, Low Country, for sharing your Saturday morning with us. And make sure to continue the fun beyond Saturday mornings on our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, and also on Twitter at BTBCHS, which stands for Beyond the Business. Um, Hard to believe, by the way, uh, before we dive into last week's mm-hmm. show, we are, this is it. This is the last guest uh, of the year for 2017, this week and next week's show. So, um, yes, that's what true. A, what an amazing year it's been. And, uh, We're going to go out with the bang. We're going to go out with a bang, so we're excited about it. But obviously, before uh, we roll out the year, we want to recap because we had a great show over the last two weeks. Yes, we did. And I know I say this every week, but man, oh man, it was amazing and insightful and heartfelt uh, show last week. And I want to take a moment and thank all of our guests for continuing to open it, to open yourselves up to us and our listeners in such a personal and meaningful way. Um, we truly go beyond the business because you, our guests, allow us to. So thank you. And last week was no exception. We had uh, Chuck Crumpton with the CEO of MedPoint LLC. And he said that one of the qualities that has carried him through life and entrepreneurship is vulnerability and transparency. And man, did he put his money where his mouth is. And he talked about how his long and painful divorce brought him closer to his employees and customers. And the words long and painful were actually his words. Um, He shared that very personal journey with the people he worked with and for, and it gave purpose to his pain. And it brought a level of honesty and realness to his business that has solidified him and his role with his customers and employees. And it was a brave and maybe unconventional approach to his business, but he truly benefited from his candor and humbleness and, again, transparency. So that was was a great, great show. He really did open up. And uh, I tell you, I took away... Obviously, what you you said, but you know, even going back to his upbringing, being on a farm and the hard work, and how his dad really and just instilled that, and it's carried him all the way through. And I love, uh, I think, when he was um, getting a, a, one of his first opportunities, the individual he's interviewing said, "Have you had enough failure 
in your life to truly understand what success is. And so some great nuggets he shared. If you happen to miss that one, I know uh, a lot of us are kind of hanging out this weekend, being at a holiday. Why don't you go onto our website at coastalwm.com. And on the front page, landing page there, you'll see an icon for radio. Click it, and we have not only uh, Chuck's uh, podcast, but those are the last 20 or 25 shows. So I couldn't think of a better way to spend the Christmas holiday <laughs> than, than listening, listening to us. The business <laughs> listening to Beyond the Business. Um, you know, why not? Why not? So, so uh, who do we have this week so and next week? We're, we're turning our attention, uh, as you said, to the last show of the year. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're excited to have Chris Lloyd and Sherry Rector in, who own Honest One Auto Shops, um, both in West Ashley, Somerville, and in Mount Pleasant. Absolutely. And so, uh, first of all, thank you two for uh, taking time on a holiday weekend to come in here and hang out with us. We really appreciate the invitation. We uh, look forward to the opportunity to get down and, and uh, dirty with you guys today. We want to talk about, you know, where where we are today and, and certainly what brought us to the table. Well, we know you have a great story. We're looking forward to hearing uh, all about your business and what you're doing. But as uh, my esteemed colleague, ooh. Esteemed? I, I am on it today, right? Yeah. Uh, Bubbles and Lunch says, yes. um, we're going to go beyond just uh, you know your business and what you're doing today. We're going to dive into your background a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so go back. Um, where were you guys? Where are you from? Where were you born? Um, I was born in Lancaster, South Carolina um, in, in the mid-60s. Uh, uh, my father was in the United States Navy and... Uh, uh, we traveled around a lot when I was a child. I was the sixth of seven children. Um, it was appropriate for my mother to come back to our hometown to to have me as a child uh, because my father was away at sea duty and there was nobody to help take care of the kids. So my grandparents uh, absolutely played a big role in our upbringing. Um, the, uh, and by the way, Leslie, I'm going to did you hear how he said where he's from? Well, you repeat that for us, Chris. Lancaster, South yeah, Carolina. It's not Lancaster, right? Lancaster, so, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Lancaster. I just want to make sure you caught Lan- that. Lancaster. Lancaster, South Carolina. Lancaster. You have to say it right. Uh, <laughs> you do. You have to say it right. Uh, and you know right away if somebody's not from Lancaster <laughs> because they don't say it right. So, um, But uh, uh, as a child, we did move around a, a good bit, um, uh, ultimately to Great Lakes Naval Weapons Station, um, where my father was an instructor. Um and in 1969, when he retired from the Navy, we moved back to Lancaster, uh, where I was um, stuck until I was about 27 years old. Uh, and I say stuck because Lancaster, at that point in time, was a, uh, a mill town. Um, textiles in, in, in the state of South Carolina were really strong up until around the 80s. And then uh, the influx of the uh, overseas markets kind of killed the textile mills in South Carolina. So Lancaster was a town that was actually dying on the vine, uh, much like a lot of the other uh, the other cities in the upstate. Um, and so by the time I had by the time I was twenty six or twenty seven years old, it was time to go. If I was going to actually prosper in life, I was going to have to move somewhere else. So it was just nothing for me in Lancaster. I tried Charlotte. Charlotte was a little bit too big. Um, and we're going to stop you there because you're skipping ahead. You're already 27 years old, and we've yeah. missed a lot. So don't uh, think we're going to miss out on some of these uh, childhood <laughs> we, things. We need that to you get did. to the stories. Uh, Sherry, but, how about you? Yeah. Let's go back to your uh, upbringing. Where were you born and raised? Kind of similar. I'm my father was Air Force. Um, I was born in Harlingen, Texas, and we moved about every 18 months until I got to high school. Um, so we he was Air Sea Rescue. 
hurricane hunter, so we were always lived on the coast or um, near the ocean somewhere. He and was a hurricane hunter? <laughs> wow, what a cool uh, I know. job that is. And That's so, awesome. Not well, that I'd ever want to do it, but what a really cool job that is. Sure, every time a hurricane comes, my dad goes out to sea and mom's home with the kids. I mean, she thought it was wonderful. I'm um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but when he retired here in Charleston, I stayed. And uh, I was done with moving at that point, and um, my family is still here. Um, my brother and sister both joined the Air Force and kept moving, but they moved back to South Carolina when they retired. So we're we're all back home again. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, I, the two military two military families. My dad was Navy also, so that's that's awesome. Now, um, what kind of students were you in those early years? Let's say elementary school. The, the were you rambunctious? You know, the elementary school years were pretty. Pretty remarkable for me. Um, again, sixth of seventh child. Did uh, you raise yourself? <laughs> um, well, you don't just learn what you, you're not learning what you're learning in the third grade. You're learning what you're learning in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grade uh, at the same time because we all studied together. So the elementary school years were wonderful. They were remarkable. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Um, the the later the later part of my learning career <laughs> was a little bit more uh, uh, ram, rambunctious. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was a little bit more of a wild child. Uh, I did a lot of things growing up. Um, played baseball, loved it. Um, uh, I tell everybody the worst thing that ever happened to me was that I actually liked a girl. You know? uh, if I, if I would have never met that first girl, I'd probably still be ba- playing baseball today, some way, shape, or form. Loved it. Could play from sun up to sundown, and uh, really and truly didn't need... Uh, didn't need books, uh, didn't read a whole lot, um, read a lot of encyclopedias, uh, dictionaries and stuff like that, but not necessarily reading literature. Um, so as I got closer and closer to my, my senior year in high school, um, my academic career was slowing down to a snail's pace. And Jerry, how about you? Student-wise, were, uh, growing up, were you uh, into studying or is that kind of a byproduct? Oh, no, I'm an avid avid student okay. <laughs> i was on a 10 year every 10 years i got another degree um i con- i just was a professional student i love going to school i love learning love studying and that was what i did as a hobby pretty much so let me ask you this, uh, for two of you growing up in again military families and um as youngsters up through high school uh, had the thought of entrepreneurship running my own business captain my ship had that crossed your mind at that time or did you have some completely outside thought of what I'm going to be uh, when I grow up? For me, uh, my again, my grandparents had a big influence in the way that I was raised. Um, my grandfather owned a small farm in Lancaster County. Uh, we we had cows. Um, uh, we had chickens. Uh, we had um, quarter horses. Uh, it was it was kind of fun. Uh, and so from the time I was 10 years old until the time I was 20 years old, my world was the, the small farm that we owned. Uh, uh, he also owned a shop. He was a, 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 he was a businessman. He had a convenience store and a shop. Um, and uh, so I was cheap labor. My brothers and I, all three were cheap labor. Uh, we learned That's why they work. had so many kids, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, we learned to work on cars um, starting at a very early age. So I would say that by the time I was 18 years old, I was probably... Um, at that point in time, equipped to work on cars as a career for the rest of my life. Um, so that's where your your passion for what you do today was developed. I, I, I would say that's where I got my work ethic from. 
absolutely. I don't know that it, it's the passion. Uh, I had, uh, yeah, and, you know, the, the personal side of it is is a little bit more cloudy. Um, uh, there were there were drugs. There were there was uh, uh, a lot of boozing. I actually made an attempt to go to college. I tell people I have enough of a college education just to make me dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm you know I think that uh, uh, by the time uh, I was 26 years old, I had found myself in a in a pickle. I was married. I had a kid. Um, I was working. I had a great professional career at that point in time. Uh, was a manager for the McDonald's uh, restaurant chain. Um, had a really good living. It's just I I could not seem to get past the the alcohol and the drugs, and mm-hmm. it was causing problems in my personal life and sure. and things like that. So, um, uh, there was a whole lot of recalibrating that had to go on for me. Right. Later on in life, I tell people I didn't really grow up until I was like 35 or 36 years old. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that That's the truth. Right. Uh, uh, my school years were wonderful. Um, my college experience was wonderful. I made a lot of good friends. Um, did really well. It's just college wasn't for me. And I think deep down inside, it was because I always knew that someday I would own my own shop and I would be working on cars. And for me, that's an escape. I can go out and do some problem solving, work with people, work with customers. And and really, truly, that's what I'm good at. That's why I don't want to be the face of the business. Sherry's really good at being the face of the business. I'm really good at what I do for, for, the, trade. for the business. For the business, um, sure. And Sherry, and, how about you? We're going to go back to, uh, you know, again, thinking as you're coming through schooling and growing up, you know, am I going to be an entrepreneur one day or were you going to go off and run off to Hollywood or something? I had no interest in being an entrepreneur. Okay. Zero. Um, that was Chris's influence on my life there. Um, I was always brought up as you work to live, you don't live to work. And so you go work for somebody else, you serve your eight or your 12, you go home and you leave it at the door. But um, that didn't quite work out. Um, after 30 years in manufacturing, kind of got released to the industry at large. And Chris and I decided to go on this path and never look back. So what were some of the, when you, you said you were a professional student, what were you going to school for? What did you think was your calling in life? What industry? What Going to school. I mean, that's what I did. I went to, that was my hobby. That I, was your hobby. I, How did you think you were going to make a living going to school? <laughs> Good question. Man. Yeah, I like that. At the company that we worked for at the time, uh-huh. they paid for my education. So I could keep going to school. They kept paying for it. As long as I made A's and B's, they'd pay for it. I could go pick a different, you know, so... I could just keep going forward. And what company and what trade were you in at that time? JW Aluminum. Um, we were, I was there for 30 years. And um, I was the quality manager at the time I was reassigned to customer service. Um, so as they were readjusting their focus in business, um, I ended up going from the corporate quality where I enjoyed down to customer service, learning how to deal with angry customers and how to work in sales a little bit, which has helped tremendously moving forward in this line of work. So things happen for a reason. Sure. It has worked to my benefit to have done that. And by the way, um, since we're, we're 15 or so minutes into the show, I need to stop and just recognize, because people are listening to voices, but thinking, who is that? It's the voice of Chris Lloyd and Sherry Rector, who are the owners of Honest One Auto Care here in the Low Country. And we're talking about growing up and all the experiences through school and how ultimately one ends up in an entrepreneurial world. I know. I want to, just out of curiosity, 
what degrees do you like? What degrees do you have? Give me, give me a couple. I got an associate's degree in chemical engineering. <laughs> I got a bachelor's degree in technology and business administration. And I got a master's in organizational behavior. <laughs> wow. My head hurts just hearing all that. <laughs> You're like the most well-rounded person I know. Well, Holy if I'd known I was going to be a business owner, I probably would have paid more attention on the accounting and financial side of <laughs> studying. But that was just one of those necessary evils. And I didn't really, I made it through, but I didn't realize I was going to need to know that stuff moving forward. So, so Sherry, I'm going to bounce this one back to you. You spent 30 years in a very large corporation. Mm-hmm. Um Talk a minute uh, in respect to in a corporate environment like that, right? It's large. It's it's big. What values and lessons uh, that help you today as an entrepreneur and leader of your organization did you take away from the corporate side? And what things on the corporate side did you not want to take away with you? Well, I was fortunate with J.W. Lunum. I started there at a young age, and the business was just starting. I watched it being built from the ground up. So the people that I worked with, a lot of them were there for the entire time I was there. I mean, it was just like a big family. Um, so we had a lot of people that we could lean on with support. You didn't have to know everything. You just had to know where to find the answer or who knew the answers. Um, the business was built on following processes and procedures. Um, you know, you do it the this designed way to get the desired effect, and you just keep repeating success. And trying to move that into the automotive industry has been a bit of a challenge. Um, a lot of individual thinkers in this line of work but um that's what we're that's what we're trying to bring to the table with the automotive industry is following the processes and keep it as uh consistent do it right the first time mentality wonderful now chris you were talking about you know how you didn't grow up until your 30s so there you are let's go back to when you were working at mcdonald's and you were the the manager there Mm -hmm. like what led you away from that um Kind of what was the next chapter? You know, that's kind of funny you should ask me that question because um, uh, as as we continue to grow our business, I kind of always fall back on my previous experiences, no matter what they are. Sure. Um, and so last week I sent out a, an email to all of the shops for all of the employees to read um, uh, talking about that thing, you know, and, and that thing is that thing that motivates you. Um Everybody has to have that thing in their life. It's the same thing that motivates you guys to do what you do. It's the same thing that motivates me and Sherry to do what we do. When I was with McDonald's, um, at a very early age, I realized that, that there was something internal for me that motivated me to want to be the best that I could be no matter what what it was I was doing. And if you think about it, um, uh, most people... Um, wouldn't think of McDonald's as being the kind of job that you would want to have. I started out cooking hamburgers for $3.35 an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have easily worked in my grandfather's shop. I could have turned wrenches. Uh, had a lot of peer pressure not to do that, you know. But uh, it was something that motivated me. Uh, uh, I wanted to, to, to go in and be as much of a part of that company as I could possibly be. And in short order, I, I was able to ac- accomplish that. It didn't take me very long in the grand scheme of things to get to the top of the heap in the organization. And and it was because I had really good people that I, I worked for who were open to the idea that, that I was somebody who could come in at a at an entry level and in short order make it to a management level position. Um, and at the same time, uh, the, the, 
the drive that I had was probably um, more related to the the size of the family that I came from, making sure that that I was able to accomplish something that everybody else couldn't do. Um, so when I was with McDonald's, uh, it was it was easy. Um, I worked for them for about ten years um, until I moved away and came to Charleston, um, and, and I, I enjoyed my career with them. Uh, but it was time to change. At that point in time, that thing that motivated me, to, that made me want to be successful, had disappeared. It had went away, and so I had to find something else that was something else that was going to motivate me. By the time I was twenty-seven years old, I, I had a child. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I try to keep things relative and simple. Um, when my daughter was 10 months old, uh, I could count on both of these hands, the number of days in that 10 month period of time that I was actually sober. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what motivated me, I think the change in my life that motivated me was that I now had a child. You know, there was somebody that I was responsible for. Um, and, uh, so I had to make a decision. Is this the way that I'm going to live my life forever, or am I going to make the change? And I made the change. Um, I've been sober now for 27 years, uh, coming up on 27 years. Uh, never have looked back. People say, God, how do you do it? It's the greatest decision I ever made. And, again, everything happens for a reason, right? So uh, as my experience with McDonald's transcended into a new evolution of my life, something that I had to overcome, uh, I heard you say, the guy said, Say say last week, um, it, you know, it's an, until you can recognize your failures, you really don't know what success looks like, right? Um, so there were a lot of things that I failed at um, in life, in business. There was so many things. I, I would say having a child was a success. Uh, we found out three years after my daughter was born that she had a terminal illness um, that lingered for about ten years before she ultimately uh, passed away. And, uh, you know, that whole experience um, uh, with my child, uh, it ended my first marriage. Um, that and the fact that I was a, uh, a degenerate uh, <laughs> before I got sober. Uh, but um, going through that experience in my life, yeah, I, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. But at the same time, I think for me, I was the right person to be put in that position. I worked hard through those years. I made sure that we had money. I made sure that we had insurance that would cover the the, the cost of the, the medical maintenance. Um, I, I did everything I could do that a practical father would do. And even beyond that, I loved my child more than anything on the face of this earth. And she always knew that. So I decided sometime around, like I said, I didn't grow up until I was like 34, 35 years old. I decided that, you know, I have to recognize that I can't do this by myself, that I have to have role models in my life. Sherry's one of my role models. If you guys have an imaginary wall that has pictures of all your role models on it, um, uh, it's important to recognize who those people are. And in my life, Sherry is one of my role models. I actually used to work for Sherry. She used to be my boss years ago. As we continue to grow as friends and then ultimately, you know, uh, husband and wife, uh, I can tell you she is my best friend. Uh, the people that I've worked for in, in my in my life, the people that really had an influence on me, those are my role models. And uh, so certainly McDonald's, going all the way back to the very beginning, has been a big part of why I'm an entrepreneur today. But along the way, there have been many challenges that could have 
ended in a different different result. So I, I feel really blessed to be where I'm at today. But at the same time, uh, I, I think I'm totally responsible for it. I've really worked hard. Uh, I've you know I've fallen flat on my face many times, and I've always had the drive to get back up and keep going, keep moving forward. Right. Well, and that's what in terms of you know, the stories that we hear on Beyond the Business of adversity and overcoming them and, and you know, the world of entrepreneurship and what it brings out in all of us. That's the kind of uh, stories and the reason why we love to do this show is to bring mm-hmm. that uh, to the community because there's people out there going through that right now. Absolutely. What you went through. Right. And for them to hear that there is uh, hope on the other side, that the sun will shine again and that you will make it through it if you persevere and have faith. So thank you for sharing that with well, us. I appreciate that. Uh, unfortunately, we are uh, running out of time and we're going to have to come back next week, which is a, a great incentive for our listeners because we didn't get to the part of exactly how Honest One Auto Care came about and you all chose that as a as a franchise model you want to be a part of. So okay. uh, for our listeners, come back next Saturday morning to hear that part. Uh, obviously, in two days, we have Christmas. Uh, Leslie, oh anything goodness. you want to leave with our listeners? No. Merry Christmas. And I, I wish everybody a, a happy holiday. And, um, yeah, just we'll see you on the flip side. Anything you guys would like to leave with our listeners for the holidays? Yeah. Merry Christmas to all of our customers and our family and friends. <laughs> We, we can't shout all of them out because uh, there are so many of them, but uh, <laughs> certainly uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And uh, I would just say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I was just going to leave us with uh, certainly be mindful and thoughtful of uh, those who are so less fortunate with us uh, over this holiday season. And I know uh, we are all so blessed uh, not to forget that those who sacrifice uh, being with their families mm-hmm. and uh, protect our freedoms while they're out and about taking care of this country. So thank you to all those who serve, including those of you in this room. Uh, On that note, thanks again for joining us this Saturday morning for another edition of Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 94.3 WSC. And until next week, uh, Low Country, have a blessed and Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8:30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC.